0: Welcome to the Jan Arden Podcast, Episode 2 on the new Women in Media Podcast Network.
1: We're already on Episode 3. Where have you been?
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. Episode 3. What was Episode 1? The show must go on. Okay, and then Episode 2 was sleep. Alana. Alana, Episode 3. And that's why I need to sleep more. (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, I am here with Caitlin Green and Sarah Burke. Uh, they are respectively in Toronto. I am here in Springbank, Alberta, Canada. You can just call it Spermbank if you want to. Everybody else does.
2: Oh my God. I'll never forget where you live now that you said that. I've never yeah. even thought of that.
0: Yeah. Spermbank or Springbank. And these are people that live in Cochrane and Balzac <laughs> that are coming up with the shenanigans. So these are actual real towns in Southern Alberta. Um, listen, it's a leap year. And I... You know, a lot of people are like, why a leap year? What does, who even cares about a leap year? What does it mean?
1: Someone's turning five years old.
0: (laughs) Well, someone is turning five years old. So it is a drag, I think, if you are a person that's born on the 29th of February. But of course, NPR had an article of why do we leap day? So it's the Gregorian calendar. Do you guys know why we do a leap year? Do no. you have any idea? Do you want to take a guess? I figure it's because of the moon.
2: Am I wrong? <laughs> moon or sun related. <laughs> Here's
1: Caitlin and her Zodiac things again. That's right.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it could be. Leap Day means several different things to uh, a fellow named Alexander Boxer, and he is a data scientist. He's an author among a lot of things. He does astrology. Leap Year is, literally speaking, it's an awkward calendar hack. What does that even mean? What does it mean? What is happening? Tell us, Alex. It's aimed at making up for the fact that a year isn't a flat number of days, but more like 365 and a quarter days.
1: Oh, so it's about the sun, I think, more than the moon then. haha, <laughs> That makes more sense.
0: A year is 365 and a quarter days. So every four years, we have to make up for that amount of time. It's a great reminder that the universe is really good at defying our attempts to devise nice and pretty and aesthetically pleasing systems to fit into it. It's also a great reminder that the calendar most people rely on every day is actually the product of multiple civilizations, which I do know a bit about just because Julius Caesar, I mean, there were so many different calendars, you know, based on... The summer solstice, the winter solstice. The Jewish calendar. Well, you got Chinese New Year, you got, what did you say with Jewish people? You know, Rosh Hashanah
1: is in September, but that's our New Year.
2: Yeah, but, and also too, like, we're in a, we live in the land of A.D. But then like, what year is it according to the Jewish calendar? It's like totally different measurement of like centuries. even. Yeah. It's like the year is like something in the five thousands, I think. Like, Yeah. So it's like, I just yeah. feel that we've all never really come to a general consensus as a, as a civilization on anything, which is why we just should really take away that like everything is truly meaningless. Nothing matters.
0: <laughs> Thank you. That's all the time we have for today. That was Caitlin Green weighing in on leap year on the Jan Arden podcast. Well, it's the product of multiple civilizations, like I said, building off of each other as they share in what Alexander calls this great undertaking of trying to understand time. So where did the leap year come from and what are we supposed to do with our extra day? Most people know that a single day is about 24 hours long and that there are 365 days in a year, but actually it takes earth 365.243190 days. I want to talk to the people who do these calculations and figure this shit out because this just seems like all kinds of messed up stuff. I mean, this is what people enjoy doing this. That is a huge number. That's how long it takes to orbit the sun. Yeah. See? No, you're right. Ding, 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 ding. I'm going to give you my hummus packet because (laughs) you got that right.
2: It's always about space. So it doesn't take a full 365 days to orbit. So they carry over that little piece of the day to then amount to a full day only once every four years. Yes. Okay.
0: Centuries ago, people kept track of the sun's position, such as for solstice or the longest day of the year to know when to do things like plant and harvest. That was the big thing, because you didn't want to screw that up. You didn't want to plunk things in that were going to freeze two weeks later. I still hear my mother's voice to this day. Do not put anything in that garden until the end of May. Like people say the May long weekend, but where I live in sperm bank, that's risky (laughs) because it can freeze and it can snow in May. What's the latest you've had snow? Oh, we've had snow in
1: June. Wow.
0: I've had snow in June before, like a lot of snow. And it's so hard on the trees because it busts branches off and their leaves are coming out and it's kind of a nightmare. Now, here we go. The Hebrew, Chinese, and Buddhist calendars, among others, have long contained entire leap months. The West is no stranger to leap years either. The Julian calendar, which is Julius Caesar, it was introduced, my God, 45 BC, included an extra day every year. And he borrowed the idea from the Egyptians, but his math wasn't correct. He (laughs) overestimated the solar year by about 11 minutes, leading to an an overcorrection by about eight days each thousand years.
2: Oh, my my God. God. Who is interested enough in all this? I'm just like, days come and go. Who cares? It's hot. (laughs) It's not. Whatever.
0: But I just, uh, the reason was because I have a friend who's born on a leap year, and she has no idea why it even exists. So Does she celebrate her birthday? Yeah, but she does it on the 28th on the days in between. Do you know what she's technically called? A leapling.
2: Aw, Isn't that cute? People who are born on the 29th of February are called leaplings. And I once had a hot minute of dating a leapling, actually.
0: See, this conversation went many places. So I I just think it was interesting (laughs) because I was wondering about it. She was asking me like a week ago and I'm like, I have no idea. And I'm sorry that this is happening to you. It's like being born on Christmas Day. Because yeah, you yeah. literally miss out. You, you kids, it's such a big day to have a birthday somewhere and the Christmas and, and to have everything happen on the same day is kind of a rip off. Moving on. Thank you very much. Uh, you can write in. We will have leap year uh, merch coming to you at no point in this uh, podcast at uh, We're over at all. it already. We will never, it's done. We will never, ever speak of this again. Um would you go to a music festival called the Outlaw Festival it's happening this year. Willie Nelson's. Yes, Willie Nelson, yeah. Bob Dylan, John Mellencamp are three of the headliners. Yeah. This oh, yeah. sounds like there's going to be so much dope. Like <laughs> you're you're going to be high just through osmosis if you go to this the Outlaw Festival.
1: So this is a traveling festival that actually goes on tour every year. It's come through Toronto at Budweiser Stage before so Willie Nelson and his family like curate the lineup. And yeah, there's been like great Canadians that they've put on um, as some of the openers, like Jessica Mitchell, one of my girlfriend's um, singer-songwriter, opened. She said, I got to open for Willie Nelson. So cool.
0: That is really great. I opened for Bob Dylan. I you think did? I did? Yeah, five or six shows for him in the 90s. How high were you? Uh, I wasn't high at all. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't, I've didn't. i never smoked dope. I've never been a dope person that's not true I'm lying and I've, I've talked about this on the show before my okay. friend Teresa and I when we were like 18 we smoked pot at a party and I feel like it was hash because they were hot knifing it on you know those coily stoves and they stuck the knives in there and then the knives heated up and then they took the little tiny piece of hash put it between two hot hot kniving god mm-hmm. listen to me and then they had <laughs> cut the bottom off of a big liter thing of Coke, a Coke bottle or a Pepsi bottle, and then you breathe it in.
1: Oh, the old water bottle bong. Yeah.
0: Well, there was no water in the bong. You, you just breathed it through. You captured the smoke. It was like a funnel. Yeah, like okay, a funnel.
1: Okay.
0: And then if you were really clever, you turned to your colleague beside you and you blew your smoke that was in your lungs into their mouth. So sexy. And they breathed it in because God forbid you want to waste any hash. You're supposed to get more high
1: from that than smoking it yourself when it's like secondhand.
2: Those are all old wives' tales. I feel like they're like, oh, you get more high from coughing. I'm like, okay, well, you just took too big of a hit. That's why your <laughs> okay, has nothing to do with cough. But like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. you, I once saw someone do hot knives, and then they were they had an old like a, a Jacques Cousteau era like 1920s scuba diving mask, like a whole oh thing god. with like a big hose. It was very steampunk, and they took this hit, and the whole mask filled with smoke. And I feel like this person was never the same again in their life.
1: <laughs> oh, God! I kind of want to know about everyone's first time now, Caitlin. Oh, I don't remember. Jan's unimpressed. She's like, no, 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 I no.
0: I mean, do you smoke weed now? Do you do any edibles or anything like that? I mean, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, like for sleeping or. Well, presently, um,
2: not really. I used to take. I used to smoke more. And then uh, I stopped for a while because it was making me kind of paranoid. I once ate a cookie that gave me like the worst eight hours of my life. So I was like, I had that too.
0: So what happens? Like when you're too high, what happens for those eight hours? Is it just paranoia? Are you begging a friend to take you to emergency? Are you just like, (laughs) I need this to end now?
2: I kept getting higher and higher and higher at the point that I thought I should be like coming down. And then finally I was like, I gotta take a shower. And I took a shower and I was having like, what looked like a, like a rape shower in the movies where you're like, like sitting on the floor of the shower being like, what is happening to me? Like I'm like, <laughs> and then Kyle came into the bathroom and was brushing his teeth and he was like, Hey, and he said that was quiet. And then he said the tone of voice said that I was either going to tell him to like call an ambulance or like tell him I needed him to get me out of the shower. And I was like, I need you to like get me out of the shower. And he had to wrap me up in a towel and we watched Seinfeld bloopers for an hour to get me to come back on track because I just had this pervasive feeling of existential dread that would not subside. And the thing is, like any substance on earth, including hot peppers or even water, the poison is in the dose. So all it is is that you just I had too much. So now I would be way more careful. I know I'm that I'm a huge lightweight. I know exactly what kind of like strain I would want. So now I would be far more measured with my approach, but I was just in my 20s and I ate a whole cookie that my friend made, like what was I thinking?
0: I would imagine it would be unbelievably frightening. Terrible. And the mistake people make, and I don't know anything about pot, I really don't. But I think people that are newbies to it that are smoking that pot and they're like, that age old conversation, do you feel anything? Well, I don't really feel anything. And they take another hit. They're not aware of the time and how it works. Like, you know, you need 20 minutes. For this stuff to get into your blood system, to get into your brain. So by the time they've taken that second hit, they're going to be high enough just from whatever they did. And then it just goes really sideways. Like I feel bad for people and people do end up in emergency, smoking too much weed. And I would imagine with the edibles, you have to be really mindful that you take them and you're not feeling anything because it's not like taking a hit of whiskey. That's pretty immediate. Like if you have a big hit of whiskey... Yeah, it takes forever. It does? So you're you're a, a gummy person, right? I
1: love a joint so much, but it's not good for my little asthmatic lungs. But okay, I like the joint because I can measure it and I know like within the 15 minutes, I'm like, okay, here we go, right? Whereas... So what is that, two puffs? like Like half a little joint, half a little joint for me. I use that more than I drink, I would say. But for an edible, if I were to take it at like eight o'clock at night, sometimes I don't feel the effects until 1130 and I'm lying in bed like, oh my God, what is happening? That's what I'm
2: saying. Yeah. So now the edibles come, like there are gummies that come in like tiny, tiny, almost like micro doses. And I would say that that is the way to go because then you can appropriately gauge where you're at and, and just yes, have a restful 100%. sleep. I just think that we got into this weird yeah. world early on, at least as a millennial. It was like people at parties would like think you have to smoke a whole joint and you're like what then you're going to the hospital for next crisis or if you've ever gone to Amsterdam people people (laughs) from other countries where they have really strict (laughs) marijuana rules go there and they go to town and the number of people who I feel like needed a spirit guide that I saw lurking around (laughs) the canals after dark like hopelessly staring off and having a crisis like numerous people eyewitness doing that. And I wanted to go over to them as like a friendly Canadian where this is more part of our culture and be like, you need to go back to your hotel and order room service and go to bed. Like this is a, you're in for eight hours. (laughs) Like this is not a small time commitment if you've gotten to this point.
0: Well, a friend of mine who I shall not name (laughs) Uh went to Emerald Lake Lodge and they thought he had never done mushrooms before. His friend had done them. I think quite a few times. And he got them from a reputable mushroom place. Like, I don't know what that even means. But anyway, they they did them. They had a fire in the room. They thought being outdoors yeah. was probably a great place to do this, not knowing what was going to happen. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast, by the way. I'm here with Caitlin Green, Sarah Burke. We're sober, uh, by the way. Yeah, and we're not stoned. (laughs) You'd think we were. Whoever did leap year was stoned out of their fucking mold. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) And who was ever calculating that in 45 BC? It took them a long time to calculate. They didn't have calculators. You know what? That's a whole... I feel stoned talking about this because (laughs) I don't understand how they did the calculations. So anyway, moving on. So they took the mushrooms... In their little foil packet, you, you put them in your mouth. I guess you eat them and you swallow them with water, tea, or whatever. You're actually eating little dried mushrooms. Peanut butter. Peanut butter would be a good idea. And they were fine. And they sat there and they watched the fire and the trees. And, and they felt really great. My friend felt great. It was just like, he's like, I wasn't even sure if I was feeling anything. But I didn't take any more because I knew. No, this is, his friend is like, sometimes it takes a while to kick in. They go for dinner in this really beautiful mountain lodge. They order, and my friend is like, "Jan, my fork was moving, my, the plates were moving. The waiter was a monster. The, the, the windows like turned into like liquid pools of, of like mercury. And it was he said, "All I could do was hang on for dear life." He said, "Had his friend not been there going, "You're okay, you're okay." And the waiter thought they were from a, another realm. I can't imagine anything worse than being in public like they said even the money like when they went to pay the credit cards got really long and yeah you know you're tapping and the credit (laughs) card is like eight feet long and you're tapping the machine i would call 911 i know that the way i think i couldn't do it so they'd never done mushrooms before and they started with like a full cap i think his friend had I don't know if he would ever do it again. I, I, I think my friend has said, I don't think I would ever do it again. But he said, having said that, he said it was the most amazing experience yeah. I've ever had in my life on a drug. And now I guess, you know, he would know what to expect, but I, I don't know. Did you see Mr. Bugle take over that press conference
2: at the All-Stars weekend? Uh, <laughs> he yes. with the microdose. He had taken microdoses of mushrooms before he went on the ice. And that he was still on the m- microdoses during his press conference. Was he kidding? I don't know, but he seemed inebriated in some fashion. And he was so much fun and he was so funny. And he just talked about it in such a normal, like, Canadian way. I loved it. And then he came on the morning show that shall not be named. The morning show that... The former. The Who shall <laughs> not be named. Um, and the interview with him was so much fun. And I talked to him about microdosing off the air. And, like, he was just great and i think that that again is the key it's like it's all the dose it's the people who take a full giant cap or multiple caps and they eat it on a piece of pizza and then they're like oh i'm gonna go watch you know dark side of the moon and or dark side of oz or whatever like that's you're just you're intentionally getting very very high so if you microdose it's fine and it just gives you the giggles but like visual stimuli it's kind of (laughs) That's the whole point of doing mushrooms. Like, there's (laughs) no...
1: Like in this condo, I I did a dose with a friend one time and I thought I was in Super Mario world. Like the walls were doing things and everything was messed up. And I had so much fun that like I could not hold my composure. So I kept leaving the room to go to the bathroom, like thinking, oh, I'll be fine. I'll get back my composure and then I'll return to the room.
2: I couldn't leave the bathroom because I just kept laughing. (laughs) Like Sometimes I would I've done them when I've been like at a party or at like a like a seeing a DJ And I'll like when you're in the DJ sphere, it's like lights and sound and dancing. So it's hard to gauge like how much visual hallucinatory things are happening. But I would not my test was always go to the bathroom and then go pee. And if the floor is breathing, you're on the right track. (laughs) Like that was always my like gauge for it but again like i'm with you sarah like i always found that very fun but i think i went into it sort of like eyes wide open so to speak where i expected that that would happen and then i left the dj and the second i put my foot outside of the club to get into my uber everything became cubist outside a square uber came to get me square wheels on the uber square man driving this is like that episode of the simpsons where he's in like (laughs) (laughs) And I got back home to my condo and the sliding doors at the entrance to my condo were locked or were jammed open, which happens periodically at my condo. And sometimes all you have to do is haul on them and they slide back into place. So I get out of the Uber, the cube Uber in my cube land and I see the doors open and I think, oh, I'm going to be helpful and like keep the building safe and try to unjam them. We also have a concierge who's used to only seeing me go to work at four in the morning, like sober (laughs) as a judge going to work. He then sees me get out of an Uber at 2 a.m. and try to start unsticking the front sliding doors of our condo. And in my mind, a little cube man came over and was like, hello, the doors are broken. Like, we don't need you to fix them.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying this as much as I no,
2: am. I was going to say a
1: year ago, like I'm coming up on a year ago, my boyfriend at the time and I, we went to my parents' cottage and we had some we had some mushrooms. We were like, okay, we'll see what's up, whatever. On like a Google Chromecast screen where it just flips through images, Yes, there was this like peacock screen. And like, you know how the peacocks have all the eyeballs?
0: On their feathers.
1: Yes, we got really afraid of peacocks. And then when we were going to bed, we go up to like one of the bedrooms in the cottage and there's art on the wall, which I've never ever even noticed that my parents put up, but it was a peacock. So we were like, they're
0: following us. They're following
1: us. And I'm now terrified. I'm now terrified of peacocks. I can't look at them. So
0: what is your heart doing during this like
1: laughing i
0: mean your your physical like rpms like how many <laughs> beats per minute and do you ever feel like
1: i would know better if i had an aura ring i don't
0: yeah. know <laughs> not, i don't have wearable D- t- did it feel poundy or like no uh, so it's not it's not a physical like if you did cocaine your heart would be going a million beats a minute right and you could conceivably kill you
2: this to me has always been a very chill time again mind you i'm not one to like eat a ton at once and then become overwhelmed as your friend experienced at that beautiful lodge.
0: But I don't think it was a ton, but I think it was more it was more than than he should have taken.
2: Yeah. So I'm a I'm a take a very very small responsible amount and then keep it going. And if I eventually over the course of the night end up going from microdosing to macrodosing myself, at least I've had fair warning. Like at least I know yeah. what I'm doing.
1: I've had a worse experience like being too high on an edible versus shrimp. Same, like, same. The worst experience sure. of my yeah. life
2: is being too high on weed. So like I don't think weed is like, despite the fact that it's, it's legal um, and mar- mushrooms seem to occupy this legal kind of gray space in Canada, yeah. I do think that um, weed has given me the worst times of my
0: life. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast with Caitlin Green, Sarah Burke. We're going to take a quick pause for this message from our sponsor. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Women in Media Podcast Network. You will not be
1: hired to do the VO for that.
0: You're, you're, listen, you're listening to the Women in Media Podcast Network. How's that? <laughs> you're listening. That's so funny. You are listening. Do like a
2: rock announcer read. <laughs> you are listening to the Women in Podcast Media, Women in
0: Media Podcast. I don't even know. Now do hot AC. <laughs> you're listening to the Women in Media Podcast. Podcast Network. We'll be right back.
1: Bringing this back to your Willie Nelson.
0: My Willie Nelson concert. Yes, this is where this whole thing started. Where were you going? I don't know. Where were you going? But but Willie Nelson is 90 years old. There's something to be said. This guy has had no stress, really, He's
1: born in 1933. I love that. He
0: lives his life his own way. But what a lineup. Robert Plant, Alison Krauss are also going to be at this outlaw. And like you said, it's like a moving feast. This this thing moves around and there'll be a few different artists, I would imagine, depending on the geography. But uh, there's going to be a lot of weed there. Now, I would hate that. I don't like being in a crowd breathing in weed. To me, it's like, And I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer, Jannie Downer, just the whole idea of like breathing that in and people can get stoned from secondhand pot. It is a possible thing. It's just like, uh, but if you're standing there with everyone smoking weed, so I wouldn't even like that. Like I hate going to a casino where they're smoking.
1: Cigarette smoke is way worse, I find.
0: Yeah.
2: Weed smoke does not bug me, really. Yeah.
0: it it's so pungent. Like in Toronto, I cannot walk down Queen Street and not be walking through. It's like, to me, I liken it to walking through farts. I'm sorry. That's what it feels like. I'm going down Queen Street. I'm going to get my little goddamn vegan dish from somewhere. And my favorite place, Parka, closed my my vegan place on Queen Street. God, things go up and down in that town. They're open for like six months and then they're gone. Oh, yeah. But especially when you're like, it's your destination. I was uh, coming from a flight and I just thought, oh, I'll go to parka and I'm going to get that broccoli thing and blah, blah, blah. And it was gone. Closed permanently. I hate that. But I hate walking through farts more. And I liken the pot smoke to doing exactly that. Queen Street is now, and I love you, Toronto. I love you so much. But it's bubble tea on Queen Street and marijuana stores queen west and to
2: a lesser extent east like been overrun with weed stores because of the way the ontario government rolled out the legalization of marijuana it's just littered with crap it's like it's the equivalent of ads for legalized gambling sites (laughs) on a sports broadcast i mean it's all you see so i don't know how they're all profitable but yeah there's way too many of them the smell is strong. I certainly wouldn't want to be smelling that frequently in like my building or my home, but it doesn't bother me too much. It hasn't bothered me too much when I've been at concerts.
0: And it is there. It's very prevalent in shows now. There's no way around it. Like yeah. years ago, back in my day, you would have had a security guard grab you and remove you. Like if they caught you smoking weed. Yeah. Sarah Burke just got kicked and out. And now there's just no way they can they can keep track. They can't, they can't control... You know, 18,000 people at Beyonce that are, you know, either on gummies. uh, uh, Like people normally like to go see music stoned. I mean, that's just, I ask my audience once in a while, is there anybody here high? And the whole, or drunk. And everyone's like, (laughs) woo! I'm like, holy shit. I said. uh, Uh, Speaking of which, did you not have a little announcement this morning? Well, was it this morning? Rick Mercer and I are going out on tour and we're starting in Newfoundland. And we end in um, Victoria or Vancouver, one of, those, one of those cities. But we're going right across the, the, the country. And you cannot smoke dope
1: in the audience. It's a controlled environment. Well,
0: <laughs> you can. I don't know what the people around you will feel like. I don't think, I think our audience is not the pot smoking demographic. I mean, kick me if I'm wrong here. Do you, maybe they are. Rick Mercer's fans? I bet you they're stoners. Sorry, Rick. I bet you we have a lot of stone people that love you.
1: Jan, you also have a lot of stone people who love you. Just saying.
0: You guys are funny, and people
2: who like smoke weed are like they're lawlers. They like to have lols. So I feel lols. <laughs> like how-
0: she lol. Is that right? Am I am I catching am I catching what you're throwing <laughs> down here? Yeah. Lawlers. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that our podcast can be educational to the folks that need to. To be hip, (laughs) to stay in the current that is flowing through our culture. Lawlers, I learned something here today. But yeah, we're going across the country. I think uh, Live Nation is putting the tour on, and tickets are available now, I think. Uh, Yeah, we can put a link in the show notes. Yeah, we can put a link in the show notes. But I'm really looking forward to it. I really, I I do. I love Rick. And it is, I'm not singing. A lot of people have asked me, are you going to sing? I might break into Moon River. I don't know. It depends on the night but uh we we just we sit in chairs, we take a whole bunch of questions from the audience. It's very interactive, but I think the world needs something like this. These are yeah. really difficult times, and sometimes it's nice to hear a conversation and how people connected and all our experiences on the Rick Mercer report and just uh stuff we've done. We've done a few corporate jobs together and they're just so
3: Yeah, like, we have
0: such a great time and the four that we did before Christmas, which were very much attached to a book that he had out and my novel that I had coming out, but people came. Uh, basically, they each got a book, but it was so great to hear people laugh for ninety minutes. And, it was just yeah. laughter, and it was so—I don't know leave feeling high. There's something about laughing and that serotonin, natural high. And you see people funnel out of these these you know these theaters, and they just. Feel physically feel better and nothing feels as good as a laugh and that's the truth so yeah come and see us when
2: you guys are on tour together do you do meet and greets now or are you still saying nah?
0: I don't think there's meet and greets I think it's too risky you know if if one of us got COVID we'd have to shut the whole thing down although people are working through things like that I don't want to give Rick Mercer COVID (laughs) and uh, he's already had COVID he doesn't need it again I still haven't had it
2: Maybe you are like, maybe you should donate your blood to science. Maybe I'm going you're to. The
0: yeah. Um, do you guys get like,
2: hit on by people when you're on tour? Like, do people shoot their <sighs> shot with you guys? I have to wonder, like, do people like approach you at like a hotel bar or like when when the audience does <laughs> Q&A, are people ever like, I'm going to ask you out? Because like, people have asked you out via our DMs for this show. Uh,
1: yeah, we, we see all of it, by the way. If you're asking out, we see
2: it's it. It's just Sarah <laughs> and I seeing it and being like, thanks for your interest in the podcast.
0: <laughs> well thank you for rejecting yeah. me I am unaware I mean I've in audience in the audience I've had drunk people ask me to marry them the audience laughs blah 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 I think Rick yeah. could speak to that I bet you he gets hit on I have never had anyone come up to me and hit on me in real time in real life. Uh, I've had lots of very deranged very sad letters and of people that are clearly not. Not well. Like the
1: Eminem Stan.
0: Yeah, stands. Do you recall the person that I had in my driveway uh, this summer? Oh, yes, that story. And holding yeah. up some kind of a painting, and I had to have my neighbor come mm-hmm. down and ask them to leave. Uh, I just don't even know how they figured out where I lived or anything. So those things are like disconcerting. Those things are very disconcerting. But I uh, I don't think I put off that vibe. But thank you, Caitlin.
1: Speaking of this, uh, just to piggyback on that question a little bit. So um, yesterday, I did an interview with Costco about podcasting, which is Ooh. so random. The person who did the interview um, is a Montrealer and named Wendy, and she listens to the podcast. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Hi. She said that there was um, a point where you had a very good relationship with a radio host in Montreal, and everyone thought you were dating Terry DeMonte. Oh, I love Terry.
0: He's like a brother to yeah. me. He's one of the most infectious. Uh, that doesn't sound like the word. His laugh yeah. is in, his laugh is in fact, fe- he's not infected. He is incredibly <laughs> smart. He's very, he, he's a wonderful interviewer. He's one of the best interviews several times in my career. I've probably talked to him for 25 years. Isn't that funny that thought it was together? Listen, any, any woman that stands next to me, they're suddenly in a relationship with me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you guys haven't been asked. Are you like, are you guys going out with Jan? Like I, it's, it's so weird that way. I had a fe- a very young female manager years and years ago, Nikki. Hi, Nikki. And she was constantly inundated with people asking if we were together. Really? And and just these rumors and stuff like that. Cynthia Loist has absolutely oh, yeah. people yeah, yeah. saying are you having an affair with jan arden yeah. you guys just seem like really close and you have that yeah. thing going on between you cynthia loves it she goes oh i love it i think it's so great there was one
1: uh, jewish dinner where like you know the whole family's over all the aunts all the uncles and i brought my roommate at the time who was another broadcaster uh, a reporter for global news and my sister's new guy she was dating was like so how long have you two been together and i was like <laughs>
2: Um, um six years six years i was yeah. gonna say that's yeah. very you know that's very forward thinking of him he wasn't like oh it's like back in the day when you brought your roommate yeah. to dinner or family dinners for like 10 years and no one asked you yeah. anything
0: what else was on the agenda today well listen this is a big big story huge okay tell and us. and i can't believe it's taking me this long the, the last hooters in the world closed down And uh, some of the regular fellas had a vigil for it uh, somewhere in the United States of America. And uh, they were out there with candles. It was very earnest. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, It was thoughts and prayers for, for Hooters. But folks, if you have always dreamed of going there, if you've dreamed of being a server at Hooters, now the rumor has it that back in the 80s and 90s, the management would pay for women to have a breast augmentation. If you were a server at Hooters and you wanted bigger bosoms, the management would undertake that payment. That's crazy. That's huge money.
2: I'm not kidding you. It's a very generous um expense to cover <laughs> because that would have been- Thousands. A... You could go to university. I mean, but <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> that's all. Those are the only two things you need in this world, according to the staff at Hooters. They should have shot some sort of a reality episode, even if it was a standalone for Webb, about the men, the horny men, who held a vigil for the last Hooters. Like, who are these people?
0: Well they were oh they were devastated. It was like the closing down of a of the Museum of Natural History, standing there going, What a what a loss to the community. Like these guys really I think it was West Virginia. So I hate to even bring that up, but I think it was West Virginia. And one other thing, you know, before we go, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about one of the most exciting things to happen to hockey card collectors really in the last seventy five years. A case of unopened 1979 hockey cards from Saskatchewan sold for over... How much do you think? Hmm. How much do you think? A case of unopened hockey cards. And Ten grand, 5000000 million. Wow,
1: I underestimated that.
0: <laughs> a Saskatchewan family just turned a case of hockey cards into millions of dollars around 1 a.m. Eastern on Sunday... Bidding came to a close for a highly touted case filled with thousands of unopened 1979-1980 OPG brand hockey cards. You used to get a really stale stick of gum in there, in the OPG. And uh, that's a cute name for a dog, OPG. Or a little bird, a budgie, OPG. Anyway- She's not high. I'm not high. (laughs) There's a sport card specialist. His name is Jason Simmons. A Dallas-based Heritage Auctions that sold the card says the family was over the moon about the sale. The family has chosen to remain anonymous,
2: as would I. It's crazy because the thing is the box is unopened. So based on statistics, they are assuming that a certain number of these boxes will contain Gretzky's rookie season card. Yes. So, yeah. but it's like storage wars, kind of, where they're assuming it's in there. They figure there's at least a few, hence the valuation on the cards themselves. But imagine you open up this case and there's none or there's only one. Like, I mean, what if that happened? I don't even know if that's possible, but I just thought, you know, sight unseen, not even unpackaged. It's not like somebody has guaranteed bought those cards. They're just banking on a number being There and I I hope for the buyer that it is. The
0: Canadian one, the Canadian one, an American and a Canadian were duking it out. It started with 15 bidders. Okay. And then got down to $4,180,000 Canadian dollars. Genius. And and it's exactly what you said. They're hoping that there's a rookie Gretzky.
2: A a couple.
0: Anyways, I, I wonder if we'll even know. Like, would this guy be too embarrassed to say, actually, it was all Phil Esposito? I don't know. Was he even alive then? Was he even still playing hockey in 1979? Anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. You never know what you're going to find in your attic. Like people, this woman, uh, like a month ago, I just read about it. She's a, I have, my friend Leah is huge. Uh, She goes to Value Village. So this woman buys this glass. It was $4 or $5 at a Value Village. And she sold it for $100,000. It was a really, really rare piece of pottery. Um, I don't know what made her look into it and go to a specialist, but she just said, when I bought it, I just knew there was something really special about it. She goes, I just wanted to get it. I wanted to spend my five bucks and get it the hell out of the store. Anytime I've ever gone with Leah to a value village... And we hit everyone in Calgary. When she comes to visit me, we hit one in the Northeast. We hit the one in the Southeast. We hit hit one uh, going out towards Banff. She hits them all and she beelines it. She knows what she's looking for. You just go the- pee
1: at these spots. You're like, okay, bathroom yeah. break.
0: But I mean, <laughs> they're packed. The value villages are packed. More wow. and more women are thrifting clothes, which I think is fantastic. Um, more sustainable. Oh my God. There, there's, there's places the size of small countries that are filled with billions of pounds of of thrown out textiles and clothes and stuff like that. Anyway, I hate to end this uh, podcast on that. We're very, not going to end it there. Ha- where are we going to end it? You tell me where we're going to end this. With
1: listener comments.
0: We have oh some. Oh my God, I'm ready. I've never been okay. so excited.
1: Lisa wrote us. I never dm but felt compelled today i listened to your podcast at 4 30 in the morning i woke up crying and knew this would take me out of grief and offer some kind of happiness we had to say goodbye to our sweet pup maggie of 17 and a half years yesterday your podcast always makes me smile and reminds me that we all have immeasurable strength and resilience in time i will get through this and for right now it's okay to feel how i feel with a heart so lisa
0: lisa we got you That's so nice. I'm sorry about your dog.
1: We have one more for Caitlin. Okay. Bye. Okay. So this one's from Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. I was with a company for 20 years and ended up in a restructuring. I was devastated. It took a while to work through all the emotions. That was six years ago. My life took a completely different trajectory on a chance meeting two years ago. Mm -hmm. You never know what's around the corner. So keep yourself open to opportunities. I'm now in a great place. Just keep moving forward. Amazing things will happen. Just believe. And shall we play a couple voice notes too?
0: Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, pull your cards over. We have voice notes. Hi, it's Heather Sargent here in the Halliburton Highlands. I've been listening to your podcasts from the beginning, and this is by far my favorite. Caitlin's attitude and insight are humbling and so relatable, injecting humor, compassion, and an incredible self-awareness. Congratulations to Sarah too, on her new platform. And Jen. The personification of the very best of Canada, but more than that, selfless, compassionate, loyal, authentic. The extent to which you genuinely feel for those you befriend, it's inspiring. I love the path you're setting for the younger gals, the example you're setting, the wisdom you're instilling, and the love. My God, you could have sent a card, taken Caitlin for lunch, but changing platforms. I was surprised, not surprised. Thank you, and way to be jammed.
3: Sarah, Caitlin, and Jan, good morning from Ontario. I am a 50-year-old woman who is an avid podcast listener of yours. I am about four or five weeks behind in episodes. Um, I'm a huge fan of yours, Jan. Um, We have actually met in person a few times at um, book signings and whatnot. Um, And you're always so gracious and uh, kind. Replacement Therapy. I am uh, on the other side of menopause, have weighed the pros and cons of hormone replacement therapy, but have never um, dove in. Um, And I'm wondering if menopause is a subject you'd be willing to discuss on the podcast. I feel like it's, at our day and age, I feel like it's still a little bit taboo. There's not a lot of information out there. Um, I went through menopause not even knowing I was going through menopause, um, and here I am through menopause, um, hormone replacement therapy is another topic that, um, I feel like, um, people aren't well informed, um, of, of the journey post menopause. And so, um, I'm wondering if that's something that you guys would touch on at all. Um, love the podcast. Um, I, You know, also four and a half years sober. Kudos to you, Jen. It's a tough tough road. It's a tough journey. But um, every day is a a new day. And um, love you girls. Thanks for keeping me company while I'm out
0: walking daily. And um, I can't wait to listen. We are getting t-shirts made. We are right now in the design phase. Once a week, and I'm pledging this to you now because I am that generous. Once a week, we are going to award a t-shirt. Somebody's going to get... A, a t-shirt for a, the best voice note of the week. So if that doesn't give you incentive to speak to us, I don't know what will. And I'm glad we had the, the getting high discussion because I've always been kind of curious about you girls. I this is I'm going to spend this, I'm going to dedicate myself 2024 to getting to know you guys really well.
1: Oh God. You know,
0: I think next week we might even bring up virginity. Like I feel like it's, a topic that I know we've talked about it before. you know that I lost my virginity on a waterbed. There's no secret there. Caitlin
1: is the only one who hasn't told her story. You've heard I about my
0: did really? Do not bring it up now. Listen, thank you to all our listeners, thank you to all the subscribers we're just we're so thrilled to be on this new journey and uh, once again, Caitlin Green, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope your child is not a snot box this week. I hope he's coming around the corner thank
2: you and Yeah, he's doing pretty good. He's relatively healthy, but I can't knock on every piece of wood or I don't know. I feel like I don't even want to say that, but yes.
0: Okay. Okay. And uh, Sarah, no dating stories that we need to know? Well, golfing season isn't even in yet. You can't even golf. You can't go on a date.
1: Hold a note for spring.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, listen, you're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. We're so grateful to you. You can hit all the subscribe buttons you want. You can leave us a You can leave us a a five-star review. That's what I would do if I were you. I would leave us a five-star review. And when you hit the subscribe button, we'll just pop up in your folder. You won't even have to look for us. You won't have to search. We'll just be there week after week, waiting to talk to you.
1: JanArdenPod.com. We always have to say your website now. Yeah,
0: JanArdenPod. And JanArdenPod on all the formats. Thank you guys. Have a great weekend. And um, do a gummy if you feel up to it. Totally do. We'll see you next time.
1: This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.